How are things with you, bud? Oh, wow. Very good. You know, uh, it's the end of the academic year, and <laughs> my students yeah. they bought me a really fancy bottle of single malt scotch. Oh, wow. And I fucking left it in my office last night. Well, And I'm like, even though it's only 11.30 in the morning, I'm like, this is the kind of day where I could drink a little single malt and listen to some Interpol and talk <laughs> to you. Wouldn't that be perfect? Yes, be it is. Perfect. Well, uh, most of that. Hey, can I ask you a question, today. though? Most of it, minus right? the scotch. That's right, that's right. My um, name is Jason. Look my at that, name is Matt. And um, you should say what a show this is. It's the name of the show, sir. What's the name of the show? Well, it's a podcast yeah. where we listen mm-hmm. to records that we find interesting or What's we care it called, about. For some though? What would you call a show like that? What would I call a show yeah, like this? If you were gonna, you well, know. If, if I was like weird and innovative, yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah. Like funky, it, I might I call want it something a, like a really volcano vinyl. No, 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 but no that's no, already no. taken. It's taken. I'm yeah, I might call it like. No, nope. you know something nope. like that, but we're actually we're not very original. We just we just tell people what we do. Yeah, we listen. Oh no, we listen <laughs> to records. We listen to records. Why don't I have any effects up today? This is <laughs> I don't fun. know. <laughs> Did I not prep any effects at all? Seriously, what's going on? Why don't I have any effects? Ah, uh, wow. We listen to records. That's great, man. Wow, this is fucking embarrassing already. One. No, please. Yeah. Come on. No, this is great. <laughs> uh, so you picked so Matt, this one, right? I did. And um, let me tell you, I've been reading uh, Meet Me in the Bathroom by, who is this by? By Lizzie Goodman. An instant classic. Epic, says Rolling Stone. Uh, Always an expert on uh, Yeah, thanks, literature. Rolling Stone. Well, I guess she wrote for them, so you know, I may as well have them weigh in on, yeah. Anyway, she's a music writer uh, and basically kind of knew the Strokes, like working at like a restaurant with them. And then she happened to become a writer. They became the Strokes. So um, so she has insider, an insider view on this whole period of 2001 to 2011, which, uh, which I really appreciate. And it's one of those oral histories where it's just like she just talks to all the record you know, producers and the managers and, and the people involved and just... It's in their own words, which I, I like that better than somebody's take on this, especially this time period being like only 10 years ago or so. Right. Um, yeah. When did this album come out? So first of all, what are we okay. listening to and when did it come out? We're listening Let's to Turn On The Bright Lights by right. Interpol's first record. And it came out August 2002. Wow. Really? That um, actually seems kind of old. It does. Yeah. I mean, it I, is. I, I, I mean, no, but I mean, I earlier than I would have thought. I, I sort of remember this sort of more mid 2000s. Yeah, and it's weird because I do forget, like, really 9 11. I don't know, of course, I have to bring, it, bring go us to all 9/11. down. I got to bring <laughs> you're a real downer here. No, no, but let's, let's be the podcast that uh, makes 9 11 fun. But no, he's <laughs> just not taking that one at all. Basically, you know, I, I, it is a marker for. And I think about music a lot, so it is a marker for yeah. music for me of like pre, it really post, is. et cetera. And it is does. I mean, I knew that the Strokes had a whole issue with New York City cops being on their first record with with nine eleven happening, like literally. I want right. to say within months of, of their release. So I don't know why I thought this was pre nine eleven, but it's not. Okay. It was like a year later, and uh, which also is crazy to think about, like where we would have been and where they were sort of like thinking about, you know, because they started recording this probably a month or two after 
9-11 right. in Connecticut. So, so you, I don't know, that, that for me puts a weird spin on this record I hadn't sort of ever considered sure. before. Um, well, it's interesting. I, I, I pulled up their Wikipedia here, and they actually yeah. formed in 97. Right, right, right. Um, and put out a couple little things. But I this do, is their breakthrough. I did work with my friend uh, uh, who used to tell me about uh, his friend at NYU who was just always sitting in his dorm room playing guitar, like just watching TV and playing guitar, just like not talking to anyone. And it and, sure. and it's... Uh, and it's this dude from from Interpol, and he and he, the story is like all this stuff. And then he's like, and that was the guy from Interpol. And I was always like, holy really? shit! Um, the call came from inside the house. Which um, uh, well, Daniel, why don't we just Daniel why don't we just Kessler. play a track from this fucking thing and get started? Well, I think. What that, do you want to hear? Um, well, you know what song I love is uh, that NYC track. Yeah, that's a great track. Let's 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 go there. Let's first. start off with NYC because I think that is where this book goes and where. We will spend some time talking about. All right, well, just let's play a little of this thing. just listening to that now again and and pretty much every time i do i I am like they have this great balance of i mean they get compared to joy division obviously right away yeah in in the early 2000s and every everything mentions joy division for sure and there is i guess in the vocal delivery some of that kind of coolness that detached detached kind of low low register my friends that we were doing this album they're like oh that's the band that sounds like joy division (laughs) and and i remember people saying that but Okay, so the guy's got kind of a deep voice, right? And there's a there's like a very strong, awesome bass line. Yeah. Which, okay. Yeah. Sure. Joy Division has a singer with a deep voice, and Peter Hook plays a hell of a bass line. Yeah. But but other than that, I really don't see a lot of similarities between the two. You know? I, yeah. I mean, I I do to a point. I guess it I guess it feels like again it 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 says something to me somebody that 
who honestly compares them because I do go, all right, right. yeah, sure. That's the like, that's the like very, you know, that's like saying, oh, look, it's baseball. It's like basketball. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. They're sports. Great. But like, yeah, uh, you, you don't have any more level of understanding than that. Not to be whatever, but I can see the relation for sure. Anybody can. But I think it's it's also the the they, they do have a sense of humor about this, which I really appreciate. Yeah, they're a lot more melodic. And I mean, I would dare anybody after you listen to this episode, yeah. go back and listen to Joy Division. Go back and put on Control, um, especially like Joy Division was dance music. A lot of it was. I, I listened to Control the other day, and I I had forgotten how much of it is like. Yeah. For the late seventies, actually, really danceable with club music. Yeah. yeah, it's it's very high tempo. Yeah, yeah. This this whole album is much more low key. Like this is like the Barry White it for is, a generation or something, well, man. This is like music to make love to. I think that there was. I don't know why I put an accent on that. I'm sorry. I think that in New York, this at this time, this is what this book gets across too. Is there was a resurgence in like sort of indie dance, and I think it's funny that looking at this single. Uh, it's listed in, in genre. It's listed under dance punk, and that's funny. Uh, dr- and dream pop, and slowcore, and post punk, and indie rock, and post punk revival. So like you have this like you have stuff like the White Stripes and the Strokes happening, which are going back to rock and roll roots and really just you know dirty rock. And then you have like all of that, w- which is definitely what they're being pigeonholed into. But it's also like the strokes is also like very like kind of dancey or, or fast kind of pop sound. So, so I think like, and, and then, I mean, listen to this track, this is like, this is like fast, you know, I I just think, I just think there's a, yeah. But I mean, we're and that, those drums are relentless. I love it. Well, I love it. Those drums are so perfect. I think what I was gonna say about, especially that NYC track, is like I'm hearing a lot more like I want to say like Radiohead style yeah. of something like OK Computer, where you have like let's just do this straightforward, very um, regular uh, rhythm guitar in NYC, right? That's like. Doesn't vary. It just keeps this very right. regular story. And then you have this drum beat that comes in all over the place, that's mm-hmm. hitting like splash cymbals and but just like like just the oddest beat together in that kind of like okay computer way of you know of setting up one expectation and then going in an interesting, super interesting direction in another way. So I think that like I don't think that like for me that's not joy division joy division doesn't surprise you in that way at least today you know at the time i'm sure a lot of that sound was weird like some of the like hi-hat sounds and things that were like layered with aerosol cans and stuff like that (laughs) but like um i don't know i don't know i i think it's i think it's uh it's uh to me interpol feels very much like New York City, but in New York City, that's like there's still some dirty parts to it, but it's still like trying to be really cool. 
and trying to be like, you know, uh, sort of em- embracing that like slicker side of things. Whereas mm-hmm. I feel like Joy Division was more like we live in a, uh, you know, falling apart factory. And right. there's nothing nice around here. <laughs> like Interpol, I feel like, hey, we're going to go to the after party and like party. You know what I mean? Well, <laughs> like, well I mean, that like, really that's the feel into, I get from Interpol. In, well, that's what, that's sort of what I remember about this is that yeah. this is the beginning of an era of sort of the end of indie rock on the main stage. Yeah, or, or being but, on the side stage, right? Like, well, no. well, but I mean, I, but these guys, I mean, I remember them along with huge. bands like The Strokes and The White Stripes and The yep. Killers yep. as being big show, big ego, yep. like the coolest of the cool kids yep. w- went to these things. Like it wasn't like some of the other stuff we talked on this podcast, more sidelined or marginal or obscure. Like this was like everywhere and a big deal. Right, like, um, I, like, uh, like, unlike a um, camper van Beethoven, let's say, right. The Interpol came out, and immediately there was a bidding war. They were on every, they were in every magazine, and I think, like, I think England had a lot to do with, for sure, the Strokes and Interpol getting where they were because, for whatever reason, was going on in England, it was probably still like happy Mondays happening. And then, and then there was, and then they all of a sudden are like, Oh, Interpol and the strokes. And like, there was a big, like they toured over there and and they get on NME every week. Like they were saying, like they would go to the, um, the newsstand and and find a place that had NME and there would be articles about them. And mostly a lot of pictures about how cool they looked in their skinny ties and, and tight jeans. Yeah. And they were like, yeah. and they were like, look at this. We're just we're playing down at like Mercury Lounge or something, you know. Yeah. And like they hadn't even hit in New York yet, and it was like, they had everything like, the sound, the fashion, this whole package you know, you that know, that England just bought bought up immediately. Yeah. And then they turned well, you know around. You know what it is? It, you know what it, I think? What always bothered me about this is that that the the turn of the millennium is also literally the 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 turn of like the end of Gen X music yeah. and the beginning of millennial music. Okay. And okay. nothing embodies it more like, like the baggy flannel of grunge era right. gives way to like skinny jeans and skinny ties yeah. and like patent leather belts. <laughs> like just yeah, visually yeah. they were like, yeah, we're not doing that Gen X shit. And Interpol was just one of the bands that like, you know, you talk about style when we talk about yeah. Chelsea Wolf and how sometimes you can't get past the look. Right. 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 And right, I definitely, right. I got past the look cause I love Interpol, but it was it was part of the deal. It was like, oh, we have left the '90s behind, like unquestionably. And I mean, um, you have to do that. I, I get yeah, it. Yeah, of course. I get I get that you have to do that as a band, and that that's what people gravitate towards is something new, something different than the Nirvana we just experienced. So, uh, well, and not for nothing, you, you mentioned 9/11. That was such a psychological blow to the country hell yes and i do think i do think truly fundamentally in our pop culture and our movies and in our music and our tv there was a kind of a radical shift away i think people could afford to wallow in their emotions a bit more in the 90s yes whereas like after 9-11 like if you let yourself go down that rabbit hole too much you really went to a dark place and i think music uh, and pop culture in general just reacted to that by sort of flattening everything simplifying everything like i feel yeah. like everything got a little dumbed down in this era mm. not mm. not that interpol is dumbed down but it's it's you know it's a bit more accessible than what was going on before in a lot of ways 
uh, like, give me an example of who was less. Well, they're accessible. not Sonic Youth, right? No, I mean, right, if you right, just... right. But I guess what I'm do you thinking. Mean? Well, I'm thinking of the grunt, the whole grunge scene, and whatever that was. Sure, but it was like that was loud, start, down, stop, I mean. rock. It was sort of yeah. punk rock for the yeah. masses, you yeah. know. Whereas Interpol's like a sort of like dark danceable, right? Yeah, yeah, right. And I, you know, the Killers, you know, mm-hmm. some of the other bands that came out of Mr. Eric. It's all, I, fe- it's all like. It's like the '90s with the sharp edges sanded off. Yeah, or sense. or it's, yeah, yeah. I guess I can't help but sort of feel like there was this kind of like really cool party that was happening that these guys were part of. That yeah, there's no way I would go to. You know what I mean? Right. And like in some ways that's okay because that's sort of like, you know, like the the two thousands of. A little bit of that, maybe I don't know, '80s like excess or like let's just party and because of yeah. 9/11 or maybe like let's get back to just, this like there's just like a cultural moment. We're gonna die well, I don't, tomorrow. I don't, I don't need to. I don't know something. if we need to beat this dead horse because I'm not a cultural anthropologist. Yes, no. I just remember things feeling different. Okay, um, so where did you come across this or listen to it or etc. Dude, I mean, Boston. I worked in an art school, so it just was there. Yeah. Okay. Just you know, stuff like up. this. You don't even know when it turns up. It's just like one day in your life. All the kids that were wearing baggy jeans last week are wearing skinny jeans. Yeah. Like, oh, you gotta listen to Interpol I, now, I feel like, like okay. this was still in the download era. So I was like downloading a track at a time here and there going, oh, oh man, sure. I'm into this. And then having I definitely after the had fact- this. I had this and antics on CD. I definitely had this. You know. Yeah. So at some point I went out and spent 17 bucks on this thing. Well, I went as far as to go when Antics came out to go. They had a pop-up store in New York. In New York, like and this yeah. is how big they got: is they rented a store to sell their album, and they sold a box set of seven inches, and that was the wow. Antics record. And I bought that. <laughs> so wow. I was like, I "Yeah, I mean, do you still have it? I <laughs> yes, bet that's I pretty do. cool. Actually, it is cool. It's really cool because it's like." Uh, I mean, it's annoying to listen to, right? But I don't care. Sure. <laughs> I don't well, care. hey, I have a question. What, yeah. You know, the thing that we do on this podcast, right? Sure. We listen to records. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I want to end the track. My favorite track on this album what? is Stella Was a Diver. Sure. So let's end the show with that one. Okay. But let's listen to Leif Erickson, the last track. All right. All right. Just as a Yeah, as these a titles are very funny. Like... I mean, NYC I always got right because I was like, okay, sure. And then I do love that it's like the subways of porno. That line always got me because I always imagine like, I think when you are sitting on the train and you're bored listening to music or whatever, you, you do have that thought of like, what if we get stuck in this tunnel and like I have to live in this train for the next 10 years? I've never never had that. I don't know. Or, or you're always like, oh, oh, look at that girl over there or that guy over there. You know, you're just, I think you, yeah. I think it is like a pickup, like you know, you're There's bored, you're on the L train, and it's like you're in college. You're like, oh, I wonder what that girl's doing. No, on the especially train when now. you're you know in college, what I mean, you're like, like whatever, scoping out. But as I, an adult, I'm just kind of like, get me off this thing as well, fast as possible. Yeah, no, I'm just thinking of like like their perspective, and and uh, yeah. I think that's a. I think I always thought that was a really funny, like New York City thing to think about and then and then how they're like the the pavements are a mess and like it just how specific it got always like appreciated like in the way that that pavement would have these really ultra specific scenarios and lines that they would throw at you which mm-hmm. i i loved that and i felt like interpol was kind of doing that in in ways on this record that where where it's like it is general enough to really sort of get the 
sure. you know, mass appeal of, but also these really specific things that, that, um, yeah, I mean, living in New York, I was like, yeah, that's, yeah, it's, it is well, a porno. Uh, it is turn, a porno. Turn this up. Let's listen to a little. <laughs> hands away. All right. Our hands away. Okay. slide away from the danceability and are more something else. I think that's why these guys were, were considered a bit more arty and a li- bit yeah. more aloof than some of the other bands going on at this yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, There's yeah. moments like this that are more uh, beautiful, more elegant, I guess you'd say. Yeah, I, I, keep, I keep going over this record. It is kind of a mystery because I, I am like, it does have this kind of you know gothy kind of darkness to it for sure that you can see but then it is it is like kind of upbeat and and kind of fast and they do sort of joke around but uh like it does have like a little bit of a playfulness but um i don't know man it's so hard to it's so hard when you have like a first album like this that is before so much gets attached to it after the fact and and uh yeah, man, it just it just it captures this time and and for sure New York, New York City and and everything. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It, the book is crazy because it's basically like I'm I'm definitely in the very depressing part of like every everyone is on like heroin, ketamine, just fucking can barely make it to practice. Oh, yeah. They're all trying to get fired. They all hate each other. It's like what the fuck, man. They had such a fast ascent that. Of course, by their second record, which, you know, everybody I get, you know, was probably received as well as, as Bright Lights. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're just all at each other and, and like touring and they're all messes. And I'm just like, wow, this is like, I don't know. And especially for the Strokes, it was like times 10, you know, it just, right. just really like I mean, is a I, case for like, just start out small and, and try to well, just I, I've keep it sustainable. I've never that level of fame in my life. Maybe oh, podcast oh yeah. The thing that does it. <laughs> so, but I've never like been sucked into that like world of huge parties and celebrity, whatever. But it, it seems fairly consistent over and over and over again. Sure. That people just can't process it. You know, there's just too much thrown at you, too many drugs and too much opportunity. You know, it just, it seems big. And yeah, it doesn't surprise me because these guys blew up from nothing to monstrous overnight. It really. I mean, it's always was sad to hear those stories, and, and you know, especially a ow, especially a band that's like, uh, sorry, shocked from the mic. Um, 
you know, bands that have like so much potential, like Interpol, just not processing the impact of celebrity, you know? Well, and I think you don't realize, too, sort of like how, I mean, because literally these guys are talking about 10 years later being like, what happened? Like, I have no real recollection of the last 10 years. You know what I mean? Like, now that I'm sober and I'm fucking whatever, I really couldn't tell you exactly what happened. And it's just so crazy to come out of the gate with an album like that and then have it be so great, which it was, but to to just take all that and just fucking throw it away is bonkers. I mean, listen, it's no different than, than Nirvana or countless other bands, mm-hmm. but... Or let's face it, like all of the early '90s metal or, or glam sure. metal or whatever the fuck that was. But like, I don't know. I don't know. It's it is sad, and it's a it's a story that goes on forever. And it just feels like it feels extra stupid now looking back because it is like, guys, that was the final, like, the dying breath of all of these labels, RCA, Columbia, mm-hmm. you name it. Like. This was the, like, and they all went in with, like, you know, the Strokes, Interpol, uh, even Yeah, 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 as they were trying to get forever. But, like, they knew, like, things are, you know, we missed Nirvana, let's say, we're going to try, you know, we're going to not miss this. And uh, so they were all just having money thrown at them and everything, the yeah. whole world. And uh, remember this era, man. like, Fred Durst, some label signed Fred Durst is their, like, A&R guy, and he was I'm supposed sure. to be bringing in all, like, like the dude from Limp Biscuit is scouting talent for you. That doesn't go oh, well Jesus for your Christ. company. Um, but there, there was one quote that I was thinking of specifically where and I think it was Paul Banks was like, was like, yeah, everybody just wanted to like uh, snore heroin with the like slut groupies. He's like, or no, he said like instead of instead of like doing coke with some sluts backstage, I'd rather be meeting like Mario Batali. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, wow, that's kind of perfect. It maybe it maybe it wasn't Paul Banks, but it was someone at Interpol made had that quote and I was like, Yeah, I think that's what this was about. Is like, oh, I, one of the guy, one of the guys from the strokes is dating Drew Barrymore and like you know, it's just wow. like, let's we're famous now, we're gonna have a threesome with Kate Moss and it's just crazy shit like that in this book that I'm like, Yeah, I guess that was it. it was like this is your ticket to to being sort of like famous, like big time. Sure. And and then just riding that for 10 years and then coming out of it like well we're still I mean we're still household names for sure but well, let me ask I don't you, let me ask I'm not interested question. in any of it because you know what that fucking direction makes for terrible music guys well let me ask you let me ask you a and that's it I'm done when when you think about <laughs> these guys yes, right yes have they had any lasting impact musically or oh, do we just talk yes. about them as sort of like a uh, like a, a remnant of like an er- a, a bygone era where this kind of record label success could happen to a band like this because I in what my mind mean? I think of them more as like Interpol to me is more interesting as a story about the band like yeah, I don't yeah. I don't know that the music has left any lasting impact any more than I think that the killers have had an impact on the arc of music I think yeah I think in a lot of ways this is the end of an era we're just kind of hearing it like peter out. It's a great album. Yeah, but I don't. Yeah. I don't think there are tons of kids these days who are like, you know, I grew up listening to Interpol and I started my own band. It's like I don't see that happening. Well, we don't know. We we can't say. We can't say for sure. But I, I do know that they re-released this record as a like expanded reissue, 
And that's but was it huge. for the kids or was it for just people our age? Well, either it? way, <laughs> either way, though, it still it still was a massive influence in music. Oh, yeah. Period. Whether or not like, and and listen, it could be the echoes of this could be stronger in England sure. or, or something. But um, I think it was as big as the Strokes. This record, if you put this record against um, whatever, what the Strokes is this it? I, I mean, I think it was. You big know what I mean? In terms maybe of not as big. sales, but I think this. I think that bands like the Strokes and the White Stripes had more lasting impact musically. I mm. think there's still kids who yeah. put on the White Stripes and are like, "Hell yeah, this is inspiring. I want to start my own band." Yeah. You know. Yeah. I, I don't yeah, know right. the Interpol yeah, right. that. Yeah. 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 I don't you know. know. I don't know. Well, here let's. Um, this, the track that's currently playing is what I want to play the sh- show out on. Why don't we skip to the next track called Roland and just play a little of it. access show i used to watch called like shit i don't even remember the name of it i'm not gonna try (laughs) but um i came across it and they just used to play like just videos like i was always excited because it was like you know but and i think i remember watching that one and i think i probably had dvr at that point and dvring it and going all of these bands i mean you had like ted leo you had the walkman you had uh Jonathan Fire You had day, Interpol, actually. The Strokes. I mean, it was like New York fucking city during this time. Yeah, yeah, yeahs, The Liars, mm-hmm. New York fucking city. It's crazy. It is crazy to think about now. Like there was a just a huge amount of music happening in this time period, and and uh, and all over the place. You know, like like you do have Interpol with with um, uh, that kind of like you know strip down rock to um the weird experimental art rock of liars and and yeah and stuff so um even though i would say like interpol i never see i i always gravitated more towards that stuff with the weird venues and they're playing like weird shit and you never knew like if you go to a yeah yeah show if it's going to be like a mess or or if the opening band is going to just be some noise some crazy feedback noise group or whereas like you would or never see, see Times Interpol. New Viking, you know? right? Yeah, but you would never see Interpol in a, at a venue like that or with a band like that. Like, no, I don't even think did. I ever had the opportunity to see them. I did end up seeing the Strokes, not too long into that, but even by then it was it was like at Roseland and it was huge and insane. Sure, but um, 
But Interpol just felt like, no, I'll, I'll never get to see them in, in New York. They'll never play yeah. like a normal venue. They went right to like, right to I don't know. Yeah, I mean, not like Madison Square Garden or anything, but I'm trying to think of where they would have played that I was just like, no, there's no way. I'm not going to that show. Yeah. Um, well, hey, um, looking at the clock here, uh, final thoughts on turn out the bright light, turn on the bright lights. What, what do you, what do you, uh, what's your takeaway from coming back to this one? That they had a, I mean, I, I even think about that title, right? Turn on the bright lights is like, yeah. I think this is an ode to New York. This album in a in a great way. I think that Interpol made it because they did have that that discipline of, I mean, they talk about playing every day for hours and hours and hours and really nailing this stuff down to when they had their shot, they took it, but it was also like right place, right time. And right. I don't know. It's a great, it's a great record. It's a great kind of like, you know, you could say like overcast Sunday kind of mm-hmm. record in some ways, but it will also be that kind of record. That's like, yeah, I'm a little down, but it'll kind of type you up a little bit. Um, I love his vocals. I, I was just thinking on that last song, the they get a little distorted. Yeah, and uh, he kind of peeks out. I, I like, like that I, they play with that. You know, they because because I know that he hated his vocals and he was like struggling in the studio the whole time to figure out how he's going to sing this stuff, and mm-hmm. finally landed on this because he was just sort of like beaten and like this is the easiest for me to sing. Like just very like lower register, talky kind of you know. And right. he was like, fuck it, I can't like worry about this anymore. Hey, and I think that's interesting. Yeah, you know, like that's what like I think you get, you know, again, like you when you're pushed into a corner, sometimes you can come up with those kind of brilliant things, you know. And I nice. think like this is this has that and that's why it's it's great, right? Because of course in the beginning of your your um, journey you, you have nothing and and you have to work really hard and there's you know that it it shows it shows mm-hmm. in in this this effort and and then you know maybe antics was a little bit more uh we're gonna fucking party in the green room and uh we still have some things to say from the other side right like we made it past the velvet ropes and now we're gonna we're going to um talk about that side a little bit but at the same time i don't know that's a that's a short arc guys it's a very like uh, shallow arc to to uh, travel. Sure. And all right. Well, <laughs> this has been. <laughs> I mean, have you listened to philosophical inter- rants you, about well, <laughs> I mean, you listen to antics, right? And you I listen did, to bright I lights. D- Not as much. Antics was like, okay, this is still good. I'm still into it's, these well, guys. Well, it's funny. Like when we were talking about doing this, I hadn't listened yeah. to bright lights in a couple years. Yeah. But I could name a few tracks immediately. Sure, like, oh sure. yeah, Stella was a diver. That's some great New York. <laughs> you know, how can you forget so that that title? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, when I was like, and then Antics, right. that also had songs. Sure, it you did. You know, I it don't. Did. It didn't didn't stick with me in the same no, way. No, it didn't. Um, I'm sh- I mean, I remember it being pretty good, but I just sure. I, but I, like, I, what I was guess, their third was it record? More of the same. Do you know what their third? Know, right. Yeah. Nobody I does. Guess. I mean, I mean, I could look it up. No, don't. I'm just saying, like, the point is, like, by then, they had Johnny Marr as a guitarist, and they were doing festivals, and it was like, that's it. That's the end. Yeah. I don't think there's anything interesting past that stuff, but whatever. Well, I don't friends, I'm biased. You know, I don't know what the weather's like where you are. It's kind of a cool, rainy-ish day here in Boston. Pop on Interpol. Turn on the bright lights. Uh, have a nice afternoon with yourself. Um... Cool. All right. So moving on, bud. 
do we have any mailbag today? Anything come in the mail that we need to deal with? Uh, I just want to Did talk about... Did you print about, out any emails that you want to read to us? No, I just want to talk about Sean Caldwell from... Yeah. Letters from a Tape Head. Always sends me nice emails. Thank you, Sean. You always listen to the episodes, which I appreciate. (laughs) And we have long email chains about all kinds of music BS, which is awesome. He also has a weird like connection to Volcano Vinyl. Like I think of uh, he's friends with one of those guys' brothers or something like that, which is nuts. That like he was I'm, like, I'm, oh my I'm god, sure I know those guys. Enjoying this this weird. Listen, rant I'm just on. where are we going with Sean, this? And I'm talking to Volcano Vinyl and the yeah, two Bryans, who yeah, I two. I very thoroughly enjoyed them talking about Thin Lizzy. That was a very good episode. Mm, I haven't I, heard that one yet. Yeah, so that well, one. that's a crazy band that I forgot or just like barely know but know enough. And and now now I know and I'm like, oh yeah, those guys are awesome. So so two friends of the show that's that it. you should check out if you friends like what we show. do. Check out uh, go to look up letters from a tape head. You can yeah. read his writing. And yeah. there's a podcast called Volcano Vinyl. Very good. Similar to us, except. I think they have their shit more together than we do. Everyone does. Um, cool. Yeah, that's kind of the mailbag. That's it. Was there anything else, any housekeeping you wanted to take on before we uh, pick next week's record? No. I just, you no. know, I'm curious. Uh, I'm, I'm ready to get out of this era for sure. Because oh, well, we're not going I'm anywhere, I'm just depressed. Bud. I'm really depressed after reading this book. How everybody just we're fucking squandered. We're not going anywhere. Okay, let's, because uh, LCD. Well, you know what? Okay. Hold on a second. I'm going to switch my list up a little bit. I can get us out of here, but it's not going to get us any less depressing. That's fine. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this this era of music, like especially like you have LCD sound system. Just that was always like so just boring to me and stupid. Sure. And and then uh, some of this stuff is okay. I don't know. Just all the missed opportunities and and where they are now and ugh. Like, well, just put it. Put I got a, bad news for you. Are you terrible, ready? To, are you put, ready to pick? You ready to pick this album for next episode? Put all of this in just terrible perspective of like, yeah, that was like looking back is kind of you, depressing. You just you want to have this rant, huh? You're just gonna keep it going. What albums are you talking about, man? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to host the show, and you just you want to rant about the depressingness of the music industry in 2002. I, I think it's kind of awesome. I don't want to. I, I have no choice. <laughs> no, man. We're gonna we're gonna end this episode in like four hours from now. You're still gonna be talking about LCD sound system. I am. I actually depressing am. Depressing Interpol's because career. Those guys, especially, I never understood. I don't get All it. All right. So if you're new to the show, the way that we figure out what we're going to listen to is that each week we take turns bringing three records that we want to talk about, mm-hmm. and the other person gets to pick. So last week, Jason presented me with three choices, and I chose Interpol. So this week, I have three for him. Yes. That, uh, what are they? Okay. So I was very inspired by the choice of Interpol and actually inspired by the era. Okay. So I chose three albums that I thought... That kind of come out of the same era, one of which we actually already talked about a little bit. Um, and that I thought, you know, we, it would actually keep us in this zone. It keeps okay. us out of the 90s, right. which we tend to wallow in the 90s That's a bit. That's true. That's true. Uh, and ones that I thought would be fun to talk about. So are you ready? Yeah. Number one. Uh, the Silver Sun Pickups. Mm. Carnivus. I don't know them. To me, they always felt like they were in, like, Wilco, kind of like, were sort of... Just classic country noodling. No, not at all. All right, all right. Next, just a good <laughs> I don't rock know and roll band. Okay, 
They're quite enjoyable. I actually love that album. Silver Sun. I love their first two albums. Silver Sun pickups. Quite a bit still. Um, Number two. Yeah. And you will know us by the Trail of Dead. Uh, Source tags and codes. Or we could do Madonna. I'll leave it up to you. No, no, no. I don't leave it up to me because I don't know them either. They always felt like... I, I put source tags in my notes. To me, they always felt like a sort of like second generation... Uh, explosions or like on the periphery of that scene, but more like metal. I don't know. Yeah, also, that combo none never of the above. <laughs> what? Yeah. Oh, what? No, I wouldn't describe them as any of those things. But weird. Yeah. See, I just don't know. They're more. Record. I would call them as like they were like an emo band. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. All right. What's the, What's the next one? I'm, it's a crapshoot for me. Next one. Well, number three. Number three. Yeah. The Walkman. Bows okay. and arrows. Wow. So we already the Walkman came up earlier, it and did. they were already in it my did. list. And I had I I was tentative about putting them on the list, but yeah, I think so. Those are the options: Silver Sun pickups, and you'll know us by the Trail of Dead or the Walkman. Mm, fuck. Let's do the. Um, listen, I I Trail of the Dead is a band I've always wanted to sort of maybe dive into, and never did. Okay. I listened to them like barely in relation to those other bands, but and I sort of which one did you say first? Uh. Source tags and codes yeah. was their their big one. Well, I mean, it's up to you. I don't, I don't know. Let's do it. Either. Let's, let's do Is it. That the one I mean, to if do? you're picking, are you picking Trail of Dead? I'm picking Trail of Dead. Yeah, All right. I love the Walkman. I, I mean, I went through a period where I really loved Trail of Dead. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know That's why. That's why I want to get into them. I think it was at the time. I think it was they they connected with some nostalgic I had something nostalgic I had for high school. Yeah. Like not that they sound like music from high school, but the themes are—I don't know what it was. It just—it was like it hit something yeah, yeah, yeah. for me. That no, awesome. it was about a six-month period where I was like, I love these guys, and then I was like, I'm never listening to that shit. Ever. Yeah, they, for some reason, I put them together with Queens of the Stone Age. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I would definitely put them in. With uh, the and I Age. do not like them, so I think right. that's well, you why. You may hate. No, I know I don't hate them for sure. I know I've listened to them. I mean, I. Honestly, the Silver Sun pickups have been in here twice, and oh, at some point I'd that, love to do that. Well, listen, but I don't—I know zero about. Don't them. change your choices. I, all right, shit. All right, we'll bring don't. that up again because I need to. Now that you've said that, I'll hopefully remember, and we'll just get into that because yeah. I do need to expand my my two thousands I mean, horizon. Yeah, I mean, of the three that I picked, Silver Sun pickups, I always loved because I thought they were like fun. I think they're really talented musicians. Okay. Um. Trail of the Dead was like dark and emo and a triumph of like the world's ugliest front man. I have oh, no wow. idea how they became famous in the era of like the Killers and Interpol. <laughs> and then I just, the Walkman was always kind of a fun, dark, I was pictured like, yeah. you know, them sitting around reading Ulysses yeah, and like, yeah, writing yeah, these songs. Yeah, and it was, it, they were the kind of the darker side yeah. of like the New York indie scene at that point. Totally. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I always loved all they three had of them. An so we can, we can them. put them back in the I rotation. Liked. Yeah, sure. I could see those coming up again. Cool man. But yeah, we'll do the the big soaring epic guitar driven, and you'll know us by the trail of death. Yeah, I'm into that. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, pop in your uh, 1990s earplugs. You like the the big things that stretch out your earlobes? Is that is that from 90s? That album? Or early 2000s, I guess. Oh, I don't know. And um, you know, put on your eyeliner and cut your hair in a weird angular way and dye it all black, and um, we'll listen to Trail of Dead next week. Uh, Jay, can you pop on my favorite song from Turn On The Bright Lights? Stella was a diver, and she was always down. This has been We Listen To Records.